Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And today we're going to talk about the uncommon advantage. Tell somebody that there are advantages. There are advantages to belonging to God. There are, there are advantages to being a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me see the hands of the followers of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody beside you, you have the advantage. In about an hour and 15 minutes, professional football teams are going are gonna to be uh, uh, facing off against each other. And one would say, okay, 11 men are, are lining up against 11 men and, and they're trying to score and the other one's trying to stop them. But there are certain players on teams called franchise players. There are players that made the team and made the 53-man roster, but there are, some, there are some people that are so excellent in what they do, they give their team an advantage. That even though it's 11 men facing 11 men, this person's gifting and this person's skill set is so rare. It is so efficient. It is so effective that the other team can't stop it. Can I tell you that because of the team that you're on, that you're on the winning side? Tell somebody, you're on the winning side. Let me tell you something. The fact, the fact, the word advantage already presupposes that there is opposition that there is an enemy that you're going to be faced there is there is a foe that you have to face tell somebody there's a foe you have to face just because you're on the uh, you on the lower side does not mean the devil is not going to try to fight you with all his might his job is to oppose god's will the kingdom of god and the people who belong in the kingdom that's his job that's why we call him the adversary but you have to know that when you face doesn't matter when you face and please forgive me on, on, on behalf of every preacher and every pastor that told you that everything's going to be smooth because it's not. It is the beginning of your struggles. It is the beginning of the strife and the fight. But in the end, we win. You have to understand that it's a fixed fight. You have to understand that, nobody, that, that God has never tasted defeat. When the devil thought he defeated him, when he buried, when they, when, they, when they killed Jesus and they buried him in the tomb, he didn't realize that he was playing out the plan that God wanted to have all along. That except a grain of wheat go into the ground and die. He cannot bear fruit. So even when the devil feels, when it seems like the devil has won the battle, he has not won the war. Tell somebody beside you, tell them you have the advantage. I want to read one scripture for you. I'm going to let you sit down. Thank you, singers. God bless you. John, the 16th chapter says this. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he told them this. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. 
This is an ESV. This is good reading, y'all. They, 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 they were saying, Jesus, we don't want you to leave. We don't want you to go. He said, look, it is to your advantage that I go to the cross. I know you love me. I know you have seen all the miracles. I know I spent time with you and I taught you. And I know you love me dearly. But you got to understand that my plan has to be walked out. And if I stay here, I'm only going to be relegated. My power is only relegated to where I am. You got to understand. You got to understand and plan that Jesus, see, Jesus, he healed wherever he was. He delivered people who were, who were demon-possessed wherever he was. And so Jesus' ability to be effective was, was relegated to his locale. Jesus realized that if I don't die, I can't multiply unless I die. Oh. You have to understand that he went to his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, then he gave power to become the what, y'all? The sons of God. And what he is saying right here in the scripture, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Somebody say, thank God for the helper. He said, but if I go, I will send him, the helper, to you. What is the helper? I ain't talking about hamburger helper. I ain't talking about somebody just come and do something. Tell somebody the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. He said, look, he said, I'm going to leave you, but there is another coming after me that will lead you, that will teach you and guide you in the old truth, and he can't come into the earth until I go up and sit on the right hand of the Father. Somebody say help. Your helper is your advantage. Tell somebody, thank God for the helper. But here's the thing. Like I said, the football team is about to take the field. And one of the, one of the most uh, revered uh, persons that gives an advantage is, uh, let's say, uh, uh, I would say Tom Brady, but I don't like the, the, the Patriots, so I ain't going to say that. Uh, somebody give me somebody else. Cam, Cam. Cam is built like a, built like a linebacker, but can, but can throw a football and runs. He is clearly an advantage. But guess what? You can have the advantage at your disposal and the coach today could decide to put him on the bench. And that's what the devil has had us doing. He's had us being glad that we're just on the team. But we, 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 we are relishing in our ability to win, but we are not executing the proper, the proper tools. We are not executing the proper people. We are not deploying ourselves in a way to execute and take advantage of our advantage. Tell somebody you gotta take advantage of your advantage. It does no good. Have y'all ever seen pe uh, teams at the beginning of the year and they look like champions on paper? But when they play the opponent, they, they, got, they got all, uh, the, the linemen are this big, they have this many touchdowns, they can run this fast in the 40, they can score all this, but it, it, you got to play the game. You got to get in battle in order to exercise your advantage. 
Y'all may be seated, but on your way down, tell somebody, exercise your advantage. For the sake of conversation real quick, we're going to talk about what is advantage. I don't, want to, I don't want to presuppose that everybody knows what advantage is. Somebody say advantage. Advantage is a condition or circumstance that puts one in a favorable or superior position. Because of the Holy Spirit, you are in a favorable and superior position. Say favorable and superior. I'm not saying that so that you get high-minded and you get arrogant. I'm saying it for the fact that you walk in with the understanding and the confidence. We have to be confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in us shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody say confidence. I don't know about if y'all saw a couple weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers hurt his knee. I don't know why I'm on football. But Aaron Rodgers hurt his knee and he got carted off. Anybody see that? It was a Sunday night game, I believe. And he got carted off. And the team was playing all right. But, you know, all of a sudden, the other, uh, Chicago started taking advantage of the backup quarterback. But when they saw Aaron Rodgers come out in the second half, the other 52 players and coaches all of a sudden started playing different. They didn't even get the ball at the beginning. But the defense started playing, playing better because their confidence level went up. Because they realized that the advantage just walked back on the field. It's all about your confidence. Somebody say your confidence. All of this is about your confidence. I've got the tools. Somebody say, I've got the tools. The Word of God said that I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Meaning God said, I covered everything from stem to stern, from rooter to tutor. I've given you everything, every tool is in you. And what you don't have, the Holy Spirit, the helper, can make up the difference. But so many times we're waiting and say, God, if I had this, I'd start the business. If I had this, I would do this. God, I know you called me to do it, but I'm waiting. God said, look, God said, you step, your job is to exercise faith and leave the results up to me. Some of us are such control freaks that everything's got to be perfect in order for us to step out and do it. God said, if, God said, if I called you to do it, I will supply every, every dime you need. I will squeeze hearts of people who have influence. Y'all think I'd just be saying that to be saying that. God said, I just need you to show up at the spot and leave the results up to me. Tell somebody, you have the advantage. For the terms of discussion today, let's talk about favor. Look at this. Favor is the demonstrated delight of the Lord. You know, some people can like you, but they don't show it. You know, bonehead husbands in here. We don't tell our wives we love them. Well, she know it already. No, you have to demonstrate it. It's one thing, it's one thing to say it every now and then, say, I love you too, baby. How about you say it first? How about you bring us some flowers? How about you do something proactive? Tell somebody to be proactive. And he said, definitely said, it is demonstrated delight of the Lord. It is tangible evidence that a person has the approval of the Lord. Tell somebody, I meet God's approval. I'm, I'm having you doing some self-talk. So you see, faith comes by hearing. 
and hearing by the word of the Lord. And when, when you say something, it becomes, you, you start hearing yourself and all of a sudden you start believing that thing and out of abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. So even if you don't feel like it, tell somebody, fake it till you make it. Tell yourself, do some self-talk. Say, I, I said, tell somebody, I meet God's approval. You meet God's approval. Well, I'm not like pastor such and such and I'm not like deacon so and so. God said, I, I, I didn't call you to be him. I didn't call you to be her. I called you to be you. And the grace and the favor I have for you is tailor-made to who you are, not who you pretend to be. That was worth the trip all over here. Turn with me to Psalm 102 and 12. It says, but, the, but thou, O Lord, shall endure forever and thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her, yet the set time to favor her is come. For thy, 14 says, for thy servants take pleasure in her stones and the favor, the dust, the dust thereof. I have a couple of topics that I wanted to cover, but it was too rich. And God said, I want you to just lay here just for the day for a couple minutes. And so we'll have a continuation next week. Tell somebody next week. But I want to read Psalm 102, 12 through 14, and I want to read it in the Message Bible. And it says this, Yet you, God, are sovereign still, always and ever sovereign. You'll get up from your throne and help Zion. Zion is a church. It is time for compassionate help. Oh, how your servants love the city's rubble and weep with compassion over the dust. The godless nations will sit up and take notice. See your glory and worship your name. I want to talk about the advantage of favor today. Real quick, tell somebody favor. So many times we, that, that, that's, that's a, a word that has gotten into the lexicon and the vernacular of the church and we say it so much that we've diluted the true meaning of it. We get a parking space. Oh, Lord, I thank you for favor. Come on, man. Really? You think God is interested in parking spaces? Really? Or we'll say something else. Found, found a 20. Oh, Lord, God's favor. And God's like, man, I can do more than put a 20. I can change the amount of zeros in your bank account. And you getting excited over a 20? When he can do it seedingly, abundantly, bubbly, all we can ask a thing? Tell somebody, elevate your thinking. Elevate your thinking. If you elevate your thinking, you elevate your expectation of what we expect from God. But I want to talk about the favor of God as an advantage that the believer has. And I, and, and I, and I want to draw a line of delineation between favor and blessing. See, the word of God says that he reigns on, he, he blesses the rich, he reigns on the rich, about the, 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 the just as well as the unjust, right? That, that's God's just general blessing in his, in his mercy. But the favor of God is reserved for the children of God. And so I want us to have a clear understanding when we talk about favor, we are talking about the approval of the Lord. Somebody say approval. 
that in order to obtain approval of the Lord, you have to be in the family. In order to obtain approval, you have to be in close proximity. He has to be watching you. He has to be pleased with the moves and the steps and the, and, 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 and the, and, and the moves that you make. And your steadfastness and, and what you do and what you say and how you purport yourself. God said, I approve of you. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to grant you my favor. One story I want to share with you real quick. A story of favor is the story of Ruth. Somebody say Ruth. It's an amazing story. There's a whole lot of good principles we can, we can withdraw from. And it's, it's, it's a great book about relationship. It's a great uh, book about commitment. It's a great book about just God, just God, God having plans that are higher than our plans. But I want to tell you a little bit about the story of Ruth. It, it, it's Ruth married into a family and they had moved moved to a, a place called Moab. Somebody say Moab. They had moved to a city called Moab and the word of God said that there was a famine in that city and when there was a famine in that city, first the father died who was the husband of Naomi and then about 10 years later the sons died. There was two, two, two young ladies that married into the family. It was Ruth and Orpah. And then the sons died, and so all of a sudden they said, well, at first the father died, but back, back in this uh, uh, misogynistic society where men, men ruled and women were kind of like property and they couldn't own property and they couldn't start business, it was very much un unlike today that if a woman did not have at least a covering of her father or her brother, she could do nothing, she could buy nothing, she could sell nothing, she couldn't be productive. And so as long as they had the, 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 the two brothers, they were still covered. But when the two brothers died, there were three women that couldn't do anything for themselves or each other. And so Naomi made a proposal to the ladies, and it is this. Let's pick up here. Ruth 1 and 8, it says, And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal with you kindly as he has dealt with me. The Lord grant you that he may find rest in each of you in the house of, your, of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted their voice and wept. They were about to leave each other and say, girls, ain't nothing we can do for each other. We, we might as well go. And they said to her, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. They said, we don't want to leave you, Naomi. Naomi said, turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb? She says, I'm an old lady. I can't give you no more sons. I can't give you nobody else to marry. It doesn't make sense for you to stay. It's the most logical, it's the most practical thing for you to go home back to your father's where at least you can be taken care of. Tell somebody, that makes sense. 14 says, and they lifted up the voice and wept again, and Oprah kissed her mother-in-law. <laughs> she said, all right, you, that made good sense. I'm out. Because you can't take care of me, and I got to eat. And she said, you know what? That made, that made a lot of sense. Even though I love you, I, I'm taking care of my wife. That makes sense. Tell somebody, that makes sense. And there may be a lot of things that you're facing with situations that make logical sense. But God does not deal in logic. God deals in the divine. 
he sees the ending of a thing before the beginning of the thing. So while it is good to use common sense and it's good to be logical, God does not deal in the realm of logic. Said, but Ruth, somebody say, but Ruth. But Ruth clave unto her, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back with her people. She said, Look, Oprah's already gone back. What are you still hanging around here for? I've told you I can't provide for you. I told you that I'm just as in bad shape as you. I gotta go find somewhere, somebody to take care of me, and I can't go, you, you can't go with me. And look at and Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. Whether thou goest, I will go. Whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be, be my God. Whether thou diest, I will die, and where you are buried, the Lord do so with me, even more so if, if aught but death part you and me. Tell somebody, that's commitment. It doesn't make sense. Have you ever been faced with committing to a decision that doesn't make sense? That everybody, everybody you grew up with and everybody in your chat room and all that stuff, they are telling you this is what you need to do. But you feel the tugging of God pulling you in another direction. You don't see how the way is going to get made. You don't see how, 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 how you're going to take care of yourself. You don't see how, how God, how am I going to run this business? How am I going to take care of these children? How, how am I going to do what it looks like is impossible? And everybody that's in my ear, people that make good. See, you got to understand, Naomi had her best interest at heart. How many of you know the people that are giving you advice that is contrary to the direction that God wants you to go can mean well? Can mean, they can mean well. See, so many times we focus on haters that we don't that 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 that, that we, we give a pass to people that literally mean us well. They wouldn't tell me nothing that would hurt me, but are, are they being a true oracle and a voice of God or are they saying I love you so much I don't want to see you in pain I don't want to see you go through well the truth of the matter is sometimes we may have to go through in order to get to people can mean well it can be blocking you from your next level of effectiveness in God this is for somebody in this place I'm not telling you to go home and pick a fight. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you to, to kick me and tell them, Pastor Tony said, don't be, don't be quoting me. I'm too little to be fighting. <laughs> but we literally, people that are attached most to us, that know us the most, can be well-intended, but are giving you advice that is contrary to the plan and the will of God. I'm trying to start strife in you, but what I'm trying to do is consider the fact that if you at a, if you at a crossroad, if you have to make a decision, God has never lost. He's never been wrong. He's never made a mistake. He's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. If He gives you a direction, it may lead you to a horrible pit, but you're coming out of that pit. Somebody say the advantage. Ruth said, I know all 
this. I don't know how we're going. I don't know how the way is going to get made. I don't know how we're going to eat. I don't know what we're going to do. But some, I perceive that my future is attached to you. So wherever you go, I'm going to go. Wherever you sleep, I'm going to sleep. Even wherever you die, that's where I want them to bury me. She didn't know how it was going to turn out, but she had a no-so that my future is not wrapped up in going back. Oh. And can I tell you, your future is not in going in back. It's not going in reverse. It's not blowing off the records and playing the old hits again. So many times we like to live in the past of our glory day. Because it numbs us to the, fut to the, to the feudal uh, present that we're living. But the fact that you're living, your greatest days are ahead of you. Tell somebody, your greatest days. They're just ahead of you. And God said, if you're willing to not, to not uh, 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 lean on old, old connections and old boyfriends and old girlfriends and old people that say, oh, I knew you'd come back. I knew you'd come back. They got all these strings attached to you. God said, if you would just launch out and follow me. Oh, God. You ain't got to know how it turns. You ain't got to know how the next week is going to turn. See, sometimes we too nosy. We want to know the end of a thing. God said, if you would just trust me for the next step, if you would trust me for the next decision, if I'm telling you, I got you. God said, if I told you I'm responsible, oh, I'm responsible. I'll, if you just be obedient, I am duty bound to take care of you. I'm the one that called you out there. Jesus is the one that called Peter. He said, Lord, if it's you bid me to come. He said, come, Peter. It's my power that's going to hold you up on that water. Can I tell you, you are, you are one act of obedience away from unprecedented faith. You are one decision. You are, I, I would dare say you are one yes away from unprecedented favor. I'm going to show it to you in the story. So, Naomi said, well, we can't stay here in Moab. They got a famine anyway, so let's go back to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem because I got some family there. And when they got there, people say, Naomi, is that you? No, don't call me, don't call me, uh, don't, 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 don't call me Naomi no more. I'm, I'm a daughter of sorrow. Don't, 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 don't call me that anymore. And they, and the word of God says that they happed up. <laughs> they were minding their own business and they happed up on the field of Boaz. Somebody say Boaz. And they saw people on his field and they were gathering stuff and they were gathering weed and they were gathering all this produce and all that stuff. And then Naomi said, hey, go out there and just start picking up a little bit. Just, just blend in with the rest of them and, you know, we, we, we get us something to eat at least. Just blend in. You know, I'm related to him, but he's about like a fourth cousin, so he may not remember me or whatever like that. He said, but go on out there and get out there. And look, at, we're going to pick up at Ruth 2 and 9. 
It says, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap and go after them. Have I not charged the young man that they shall not touch thee? And when thou artest, go unto the vessels and drink which the young men have drawn. He called her. He said, wait a minute, who was that girl out there? It's, well, man, it's, you know, it's, it's people all in the field. No, it's something different about that girl out there. To bring her to me. And she said, if you would just let me... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be a squatter on your land, but if you just let me just pick up a little bit after the reapers. Oh, I ain't going to get into that. That's a, that's a rabbit hole. She said, if you would just let me gather up after the reapers, I'd be happy. And then I'll go on to another field. Then he said, no, I'm not going to let you go to the other field. You're going to stay here with the rest of the maidens because there's something about you. And can I tell people in you, all you got to do is be obedient and show up. Somebody say, be obedient and show up. And favor is going to find you. She was minding her own business. She was happy just to be able to pick up some stuff out of the field. She was busy being obedient and favor found her. We're not seeking after favor. Our job is to be obedient. Tell somebody to be obedient. And favor will find you. Look at this. It said, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said to him, why have I found grace in thy eyes that thou should take knowledge of me seeing that I'm a stranger? And look at what he said. And Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath fully been showed to me. Oh God, y'all gotta see, y'all gotta see with your prophetic eye. That it, it has fully, meaning it, it had already been showed to me all that thou hast done unto my mother-in-law since the death of mine husband. Thine husband. And how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and are come unto a people which thou knowest not hereunto. What he was saying is, God showed me you. I've seen you before. God showed you whether it was a vision or a dream. Even though we are strangers and we don't know each other, I know you by the Spirit. All because you were obedient and you showed up. When I say you're one act of obedience from favor chasing you down, there are strangers unaware. If y'all ain't never heard me, I need you to hear me real clearly. There are strangers unaware that all the money in their account is not giving them peace. There are people of influence that can take you from the pit to the palace. We're looking at the Lord, just let, just let me meet somebody. Your real blessing is going to come from somebody that you don't even know. You're going to walk in a meeting one day. You're going to be walking through Walmart one day. God said, God said, because you've been obedient, I'm going to put you on the mind. 
somebody that is the escalator to your next level. Oh, God. But it's all made possible through your obedience. Well, some would argue, well, I thought favor was unmerited. Your favor may be unmerited, but favor has location and favor has purpose attached to it. If she had went home to her mama and daddy, the favor was not at home with mama and daddy. The, the spot of favor was when she converged at the spot of that field. I said there's places that you have to be there are decisions you have to make there are people you have to turn down oh God but when you do let me guide your steps and when you reach the spot favor is going to chase you down is anybody hearing me in this place she got taken from the field as an indigent servant to all of a sudden she was living in the lap of luxury with the owner of the field oh God it would not have been possible if she was not obedient and can I tell somebody right now you are one act of obedience and many of you in this room know what the obedient act is but you've been scared to make it. You've been scared of what people think. You've been scared of what people are going to do. You're going to be scared, Lord, I'm a, I'm a little foolish at this age. God said, if you would just do it. People always talk about God send me a Boaz. Like, no, it ain't about marriage. It ain't about finding you somebody to be making a plate for and somebody to be, be waking up to and smelling their bad breath in the morning. I love marriage. But it's the favor that I'm after that I'm after. If I get the breath of God on what I do, the mate will fall in line. The money will fall in. Oh God, y'all gotta hear me. The open doors will, will be just like when you walk up at Walmart. They'll just, they'll, they'll, they will sense that you're coming and they will just open up for you. You gotta understand also, and let me go back for those people that have, have negative things happen, something died or somebody died. The mo see, see, when we think favor, we think everything is is is, is just an, a, a, an ascent, like a, like a plane taking off, like we're just going straight up. I'm going up and yonder. But her moment of decision that produced favor was a moment of abandonment. was a moment that the very thing that she depended on died and we're so busy trying to do CPR on something that God said I pronounced death over and I'm trying to move you to a place oh God it has to die in order for me to get you there can I tell you this four more things I want to share with you Tell somebody, nothing just happens. Nothing just happens. Favor doesn't always look or feel like favor in the beginning. God was ordering her steps. He was shifting things. He was getting her in position 
but it didn't fit. It felt like abandonment. It felt like she was desolate. It felt like she couldn't do nothing, y'all. But there was something inside of her. It said, even though that decision to go home makes sense, I'm not making sense. Her Bill Winston said one time, don't make sense, make faith. Everything that makes sense doesn't make faith. And faith is the only way we're going to please him. That's the only thing that God responds to. Tell somebody, exercise your faith. Favor is activated by purpose. Just think about it. If somebody was going to do something that was going to promote your agenda, wouldn't they have the full disposal of everything so that you could help them? Y'all shake your head. Somebody do something. Right? If you're going to help me, I'm going to help you help me. What do you need? Want some lemonade? Want some tea? Want some water? Here, take a couple, take a couple dollars here. Go, go get you some lunch. If you're helping me, I'm going to help you help me. If we understand that about ourselves, if we get our purpose aligned up with God's purpose, Romans 8 and 28 says all things work together for them that love the Lord who are the call according to his purpose. If you align your purpose with his purpose, you have now given God a reason to give you favor. We've been asking God to give us favor and haven't done the prerequisite of lining up with his purpose. And we want to blind, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why am I out here, Lord? I thought, no, 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 no. You heard a little bit of what I said and you ran out there and did things on your own. But you didn't seek me fully about every move that you made. We waited till we get in trouble, said, God, help me. And soon as soon as the pressure get off, I got it now, God, I got it, I got it. God said, when you align your purpose with my purpose, you qualify for all the favor that I have for you. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the advantage of favor. You can obey your way into favor. Everybody's standing. You can obey your way into favor. God said it like this. That's how he said it to me. He said, son, I want you to tell my people that they would hone in for the next 30 days to find out my purpose. And do some alignment, do some shifting. You may have to do some pruning. So if you just align yourself with my purpose, you're going to unlock Ruth-like favor. And that's the true advantage, y'all. We don't want to settle for just mercy. That's for, the, that's for the people who fail and fall and all that stuff. That we're in, we're in a destiny. God said, I want to advance you. I want to advance you, but I need for you. I need for you to get in alignment with my purpose. Let me tell you. Well, you might say, well, what in the world has that got to do with Ruth? You got to understand, people of God, this, 
this is amazing. How many know that God knows the way that we take? His ways above our ways, his thoughts are above our thoughts. God is the master chess player. The devil's playing checkers. God is a master chess player. And let me tell you this. That when Ruth submitted to Naomi, it put her in alignment to meet Boaz. Her and Boaz got married, had a son called Obed. Obed got married, had a son called Jesse. <laughs> Jesse got married and had a son called David. And David became the most famous ancestor in the bloodline of Jesus of Nazareth. Can I tell you the moves that you're making now? The decisions are not just for you. Oh God. Your decisions are for generations. It was God's design that the husband had to die. You mean God, look, he orders the steps of a good man and a good woman. And it may not be people that have to die. Sometimes there's a relationship that has to die. Sometimes God led you to that brook to be fed by the ravens and God himself would dry it up because we've gotten comfortable and you're never going to reach a destination comfortable. And so I got to let some things die. Things that you've been, things that you've been nursing from. God said, I got to take you off that. I got to take you off the grass so that you can have some strong meat because the journey it's too long. Do you know what the angel told the prophet in the cave? He said, rise up and eat. He told him three times because the journey was long. God said, where I got to take you? Oh, God. Whew. Where I got to take you? The things, the people, and the places can't supply where I'm taking you. And so I need you to trust me to leave what's familiar, to leave what's safe, to leave what, what cuddles you and holds you in the middle of the night and, and give you warm fuzzy. God said, if you're willing to leave, I'll change not only your life, I will change the life of your children. Change the life of your children's children. Your children's children's children. I hear the Lord saying, favor for a lifetime. There are decisions that some of you need to make in this room that will, that will result in favor for a lifetime. Somebody lift your hands in this place. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that the word has met us today. That you love us so much that you won't leave us how you found us. 
and said, God, we thank you even now. We're mature enough to thank you, Lord, for the things that die. We thank you, Lord, for the seasons of famine. Oh, God. Didn't understand it, Lord, but because of the word today, we can see clearly now. We thank you, Lord, for the divorce. I know we may sound crazy saying it, Lord, but we thank you for the things and the people that die. Lord, because it put us in a place, it put us at the fork of the road, God, where we now have to choose to do what makes sense or to do what makes faith. So God, we thank you that you have met us with an opportunity to make a quality decision. Lord, we have no fear because you are with us. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that from these decisions, and there are many in this room, from these decisions, God, we thank you for the overflow, the breaking of the dam of favor that is going to be released when we decide. To put all the chips in the middle of the table and put all our reliance on you. God, we thank you, your Lord, for your response to our obedience. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that from this day forth, we will expect the response when we obey. That the Father will withhold no good thing from us when we obey. Lord, give us an obedient spirit. We bind up stubbornness and fear and stiff-neckedness and dreaming and fantasy of the things of old. For Lord, we will press toward the mark, not backwards, of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray now a spirit of the boldness of a lion to make hard decisions. And not care what the naysayers have to say. Lord, tune our ears out to the naysayers. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the deluge of favor. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for jobs. No, God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for careers. I thank you, Lord, for marketplace ministry. Some of you haven't been able to get the job because God wants you to be the one that creates the job for others. 
Some of you are frustrated where you are because it no longer meets your need. It no longer meets the fabric of where God is taking you. Oh God, I thank you, Lord, for a bounty of favor. Thank you, Lord, that when we walk in obedience, you're opening doors. You're squeezing hearts. Yes, God. You're sending fish with gold in their mouth to us, God. Oh, yes. That divine healing is part of the favor. God said, if you're going to serve my agenda, I will keep you happy. I will keep you whole. I will keep you healed. And you will lack nothing, saith the Lord. Some of us need to make a commitment. We need to renew our commitment to his agenda. Even now. Come on, let's pray to the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Come on, let's tell that Lord, I commit. I commit. I com come on, come on, tell him. Tell him, say your own prayer, even now. Yes, Lord, I commit to your agenda. That I may reap favor. Not my will. But thy will be done. That was Jesus' response in the Garden of Gethsemane. There's a way to seem right to a man, but in the end it's destruction. God, not my will, but thy will be done. My answer is yes. My answer is yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes to your plans for my life. If it means something dying, my answer is still yes. I relinquish my plans and my agenda. To a place called yes. Come on, somebody begin to worship him. God is responding. Come on, God is beginning to respond right now. I'm not going to play with your emotion, tell me all this favor. No, your favor is attached to your yes. What is it that you need to say yes to? It may mean saying no to some other things. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some of you may say, but I'm in the middle of something dying and decaying. I see it. It's rotting in front of my eyes. God said, that's just a stitch that I'm weaving into your story. It's just a setback for a comeback. But if you gather yourself, get unemotional. Get out of your feelings and get in faith. 
God will show you a glimpse of your Canaan. And you will see that this is just a chapter. We're such prisoners of the moment, we think it's the whole story, but God said this is just a chapter. You know any good story's got some got got a protagonist and an antagonist. It's got it's got a crisis, and by the end you're happy that you went through the valleys with the character. God said that's what I'm doing you through. I'm taking you through the valley of the shadow of death. But just know that I'm with you, and it's just creating testimony. It's just creating testimony. That when you get there, it's not a matter of if. I want you to hear me. That when you get there, God, I thank you. God is speaking in this room. When you get there, you'll be able to say, I was once young, but now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken the receive big for bread. You'll be able to say, though a man of a host revel round about me, though enemies came to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. When I was just about to get up, God's hand of mercy, it held me up. He held me up with the strong hand of his deliverance. said I'm just giving you a story nobody wants to read a story that he was born and then all of a sudden he went to the mountaintop you gotta go through some valleys you gotta go through some fiery furnaces you got to be betrayed every now and then you got to have people close doors in your face you gotta have your homes fall hopelessly to the ground When my mother and my father forsake me, it is only then that the Lord will take you up. Oh, God. God shows himself most mighty in the most adverse circumstance. the place where you're at. God said it is just right for the favor to, to give you a quantum leap. A quantum leap meaning that you leaped over all the other levels and you got to the end of the destination. That is favor. That God is going to bless you. God is going to prosper you. God is going to fund you. God is going to give everything that you need at such a level. The people's jaws are going to drop. And your testimony is going to be, man, girl, I simply obeyed God. And where I went, I went where he told me to go. Favor show up. Hold hands with somebody real quick. Come on, real quick. Little 
Lord, we thank you, Lord, for favor overflowing. We thank you, Lord, for, for bonuses. We thank you, Lord, for elevation. We thank you, Lord, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. We thank you, Lord, that the enemies and the wicked people are going to give up the resources. The wealth of the wicked is about to be laid up for just people. Just people are the one who obeys. I thank you, Lord, for uncommon advantage of favor. Uncommon. I'm not talking about getting a parking space, God. I'm talking about healing bodies of terminal disease. I'm talking about, God, you doing something. Of you erasing debts. I thank you, Lord, for giving us houses that we did not build. I thank you, Lord, for giving us divine ideas. Uncommon favor. Come on, pray for that neighbor right now. Not that they receive uncommon favor, but they, but they, they execute the right obedience to get in alignment. Begin to pray now. Come on, shout if you believe that uncommon favor is headed towards you. I'm about to obey God. I'm so excited. Are you crazy? Girl, when I obey God, he's going to open up the windows of heaven. He's going to open up the floodgates. I can't wait to God's response to my obedience. I can't wait for God's response to my obedience. Do you hear me? I can't wait for God's response to my obedience. Tell three people that. Come on, tell them. For tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.